Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, another Lens Spaces, uh, Twitter Spaces. Here I am having Wine Bags on today. He's going to be talking about how to be a kick-ass musician on Lens. And Wine Bags, can you hear me, and are we all good still now? Yeah, sounding great now. Okay. Um, yeah, what's up? Uh, very good, very good. Excited to be here. Another day. Having some fun here. So let's let's start real quick. Give us a quick like 30 second intro. Who is Winebags? Yeah, uh, Winebags here. I'm a musician producer. Uh, I am primarily Web3 based. Um, and yeah, I've been releasing NFTs since early 2021. Um, I've done a, a couple well, one bigger project, which is like a generative music project on Async uh, as a launch partner for their Music Blueprints uh, tool for creators. I uh, will be doing another one shortly, which will actually be a generative album. And yeah, I'm just, uh, I guess I fancy myself a, a content creator. So that's, that's the, the short TLDR. Yeah, very good. And, and one of the ways that you can actually find wine bags is on obviously he's on twitter here uh his handle is at wine bags is the way it's pronounced w-e-i-n-b-a-g-z and he's also on lens tube and he makes really cool these are actually some of my favorite pieces of content that he produces is these really cool um basically tutorials of how he makes beats and they're real quick short form content tiktok you know youtube reels type content that are really cool i highly recommend anyone checking that out who isn't quite familiar with those um, so let's take us back, you know, kind of how did you get into the music NFT scene? How did you get into Lens and uh, take us to the present here? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I got into the music NFT. I sort of got into the music NFT scene when there was, it felt like there was barely a music NFT scene. Like I started um, on Clubhouse in like early 21. It's probably like February and March. all there um yeah i started hosting rooms actually they were like three a week uh they were called what was it it was like audio audio nfts or something like that i can't even remember <laughs> um and there would be like i don't know like 10 or 12 of us and there was no real options like you could make your stuff on open or get a dev and like do your own thing but there were no like music focused platforms at that time, or if they there were, they were in very, very early stages. So it was sort of just like, we're all musicians. Like, how do we make this work for us? And I mean, I think we're still a little bit in that, uh, that world, but there are like a bunch more platforms that are music based or platforms that are offering music based tools that are really cool that are popping up. So, um, yeah, that sort of brings us to now. And I, I found out about Lens. I think I found out about it from Black Dave. I feel like I find out a lot of stuff about, you know, new stuff from Black Dave. But uh, I, I got on there, I don't know, probably three or four months ago and instantly saw, like, that there was already, like, a pretty pretty busy music community there. And the the way that it's set up, um, the ability to sort of share content in, in the way that you want and have it, have it populate all over is, is huge. Cause it, you know, being, being a musician 
on Twitter is it's tough. It's tough to share your content. So that's sort of what drew me to lens and what, where I saw potential there. Right. And then kind of compare from a musician's perspective, the different platforms that you use to release music and then compare that to how it is to uh, drop art and music on lens. Yeah. I mean, I started out uh, doing like the open sea shared contract. So my first NFTs were on there. Uh, did that for most of 2021. I did a, a little bit on on Tezos, and there, and I tried a few one-offs on just random platforms. Like I did a couple one-on-ones on Known Origin. Um, uh, there was one called Cargo.Build, which I don't even think is around anymore. But that was I did a drop on Polygon, like very early days. That was probably summer of 21. Um, and then I did a you know sort of a larger project, like a five. I think it was around 5k on async and right now i'm you know doing both one-on-ones and additions uh through through my own contracts that i deployed through manifold um uh sorry what was the original question <laughs> yeah you're doing good just kind of comparing some of the platforms that you'd use to release music in the past versus how your experience so far has been on lens you know kind of good bad and ugly of of all sides is probably the most helpful for people I would think. Yeah. I mean, I, I've sort of approached lens as like, you know, I was in a a period of really trying to up my social media content because that's always been sort of a challenge for me to come up with content and keep consistent with it. So, you know, I started doing stuff for like TikTok and YouTube shorts and, you know, sort of posting it wherever I could Reddit. Um, And so I saw, I saw lens as like a way to, both uh, mint that content and also like monetize on it because these other platforms, you know, unless you're you're really doing well on them, you're not really making money. So um, Lens has sort of served that purpose of me of like taking the content that I'm making for social media to, to try to build build my brand and like actually make some money on it while, um, yeah, while sort of growing my brand, I guess. Right, right. And then for people who are potentially interested in being a musician and using Lens, are there specific, like, tactics that you're taking? I know you're making um, some shorts-type videos that I would imagine have been pretty successful. I mean, I watch them because I think they're cool. Um, Are there specific, like, tactics or advice you'd give somebody who's just breaking in? Yeah, I mean, the the one thing that I started doing early off, which I, I feel like it could be a good move to like sort of get started there is doing they, there's a feature like where you can have people collect it. You know, there's no limit to how many can collect it, but they have to be following you. So to, to, to start out and like start building followers, that was something I did really early on. Like I would post either videos of me making beats or I would just post the beats there and be like free to collect it. Just, you know, you have to be following me. Um, and I, I still might do that some, but then after a while I started sort of saying, okay, now, you know, playing around with different edition sizes and price points. So, um, I'd say that's a great place to start if you are just getting into lens personally. Right. And, and I'll kind of echo some of that, of some things that I've heard from other people and anyone who isn't quite familiar with how lens works is that because lens is on chain decentralized social media, you can token gate your content. So for example, like Winebags was saying, if he wanted to release a new song or another video of him uh, creating beats or any type of content, it doesn't matter whether it's text, image, or video, 
he could say, you have to be following me to access that content. And there's some different trains of thought here. I actually had a conversation with a guy a couple of days ago who's launching a podcast and using Lens to market it. And, you know, some people are in favor of, you know, a more exclusive, secluded, token-gated type release for their content where your price of admission is that you have to be following the person. Some people fall into the camp of, hey, you know, my content's for everyone. And if I'm feeling top of the funnel, then even if I'm selling a product or an app or music or whatever it is, NFT down the line, then top of the funnel will still feed down there. So based on some of the things that you've tried out on other platforms and on Lens, you know, do you start to kind of get a feel? And I know a lot of it's wild, wild west and a lot of experimentation going on. And, you know, nobody has the right answer or the exact correct answer. But like, what has your experience been so far of things that you see are working better in regards to the different ways that you can token gate or keep all of your content unlocked? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I'm I'm sort of in the phase of just trying to build an audience still. Uh, like this sort of like persona wine bags is is fairly new within the last you know a couple years. Um, so I'm really and it's you know it's sort of Web three native. Like w- right when I really started leaning into like being a producer and like actually like focusing on trying to release stuff under my own name was right when I found out about NFTs. And so I, I saw that as a vehicle to sort of a be at the front of a conversation that um, I, I saw many people were going to be having in the near future and be just like, you know, being able to release and monetize content um, in terms of like what I found that works or not. I mean, to be honest i am a sort of like throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks kind of guy and to my detriment i'm i'm not like super data driven uh although that is something that i am like currently working on um but i i have noticed that like for building for building a community while still being able to also make some money i feel like high edition counts with low price is a great place to start like something at you know I guess like when I started out on ETH, you know, I did a couple one on ones, but um, really like where I, I noticed the most growth and like attention was like doing anywhere from 10 to 20 editions at like 0.05 to 0.08 uh, on lens. I, I've been sort of trying a, a bunch of different stuff because I'm still trying to get a feel for just wh- like what the vibe is and like what, what works and what doesn't. Um, but I've noticed that. I've done a few like one of ones, like some of the um, some of the videos that I put up of like me making a beat, like I'll I'll put it as like only one person can collect it and and put that sort of higher, like and when I say higher, you know, compared to like what I'm doing on ETH, it's it's definitely lower, but like anywhere from like twenty to thirty matic, and then I'll, I'll, I've done a few like I don't know like fifty fifty collect editions at like one or two Matic. And those seem to, you know, I don't think any of them have like moved to the point of being, you know, totally collected, but uh, have definitely seen some traction with those. Um, Not sure if that fully answered your question, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I know a lot of musicians and artists and even content creators uh, will post their different works or videos or things like that for different prices. 
And I've seen all the way down to his lows. I think 0.1 Matic is, I think, the lowest that I've seen all the way up to, uh, I don't know, probably 50 or maybe even 100 Matic is some of the higher price points. But from I've an, seen a couple of, 200 Matic ones. Did they sell? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen if they sold, but I did see people at price them there at least. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and that's an interesting thing, too, to compare, you know, on, on Polygon and on Lens right now, the price points seem to be much lower than, um, for example, on Ethereum. But uh, I imagine some of that could potentially change in the future just due to the amount of people that potentially are in the Lens ecosystem and active on it. You know, I think it's it's not quite fair to compare price points today because there's a much larger user base on Ethereum NFTs than there are on Lens. Um, but that's some interesting input there. And then from an artist's perspective, does it make a difference? Like, do you prefer to do like lower one of ones or do you prefer to do kind of mass volume or does it not really matter or just kind of depend? Honestly, I've been shooting to have a lot of everything. I, I, I do. I'm still releasing one of ones. I'm doing that both on lens and doing that on like through manifold on Ethereum. Uh, and I do additions too. And I think there's a place for both of them. Um, because I know a lot of people that don't, you know, especially right now, don't really have that much disposable income. But, you know, if, if one of your buds puts up a, a thing for, you know, a couple Matic or, or 0.01 or 0.02 Ethereum, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to personally, I would scoop it up. So I think there's a place for both of them personally. Right, right. And then kind of share a little bit of your background. Like, how did you even get into thinking about starting releasing your own music? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it wasn't until recently. Like, I, my career as a musician has been very much mostly as a, a sideman, um, doing a lot of, like, local and regional touring, you know, in my area in the Pacific Northwest um, for other, you know, acts. And, um, that was, that was definitely wearing thin on me and the money was not enough for the amount of work and sort of what I was putting into it. So I was sort of like, it was right around when COVID hit, I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this. Like, this is just not, it's, it's not the vibe for me anymore. And, and when COVID hit, I, you know, I started getting unemployment and I was like, you know what, you know, I've. I've used Logic and Ableton for years. I've been recording since, you know, but just as like a hobby or like, you know, for to like send, you know, make demos to send to a band. Cause I, you know, I, I was a band leader too, but um, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm actually going to like teach myself how to mix. I'm going to like really take this seriously and start releasing music under my name. Um, and right when that happened, I was sort of looking at it too. I was like, okay, it was also bleak. It was like, okay, best case scenario, I get millions of streams on, you know, Spotify and I still can't really eat, you know, like I'm still not making like a sustainable wage, but I'm stubborn and apparently I'm an idiot. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it anyways. And then when I found out about NFTs, I'm like, oh, this is, this is a place where this might actually make sense. Um, somewhere where I could support myself just, sitting at home making music and i i mean the last two years have, have been sort of that so i sort of abandoned the you know releasing in a traditional sense 
when I learned about NFTs. Um, although I will be sort of like working that into my plan going forward, but I'm going back and forth on, on exactly how to implement that and what makes sense because really this is my bread and butter right now. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting that NFTs and particularly music NFTs, you know, basically launched during kind of COVID lockdowns. Right. I think a lot of musicians were forced into music NFTs like, Oh shit, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to eat is kind of an interesting use case that they evolved into. But in your opinion, you know, how do you see music NFTs evolving and coexisting with, you know, types of shows or concerts um, and things like that, like paint us a picture, if you don't mind kind of sharing how you think that that all plays out or some ideas or even use cases that you've seen other musicians do that you admire. Yeah. I mean, I think that they will exist in several forms. I mean, one person that I think has done a really good job at sort of like integrating this with like touring and like IRL events is Emily Lazar. I don't know if you follow her. I know actually, I think she just got on lens. So if you're not following her, definitely follow her there and here too. Um, but she, you know, she's a touring musician, a metal rock singer, and she, you know, has released collections where like those give her fans, you know, access to her at her shows. They get to hang backstage. I don't, I, I can't, shouldn't speak on all the details because I'm not quite clear on exactly what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, she's done a really good job at like using NFTs as, as like access to her. And, and I also see, you know, I know po-ups are are sort of a pain in the ass. Like I used to do them for like a, like a virtual show that we used to run on clubhouse and they're just, they're not really conducive to, you know, doing on like a large scale, at least in my eyes, but there are other things coming out like badges is one that I've, I've seen recently that are very similar concepts. And essentially, like, you know, giving giving something like a POAP to people at a show where that POAP can then, you know, maybe they can download a recording of the show or there's some kind of merch tied with that show where, like, you only get that if you have that POAP. That, like, that kind of proof of attendance thing, I think, could be huge. But at the same time, I'm really not looking to, like, for myself, I'm not looking to tour or, like, really do shows unless I absolutely have to. So, <laughs> We'll see. I don't know how much of that I'll actually be implementing myself, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be an interesting spectrum among, you know, how much is IRL, like what's the utility? Is it more of a collectible? Um, I think one of the, uh, one of the original people that I remember getting into with Blau, also some people call it three Lau because his, his handle is at the number three L A. Oh God. L A U. I think, uh, it's L-A-U, yeah. Yeah, L-A-U. Uh, and I remember kind of first, some of his first drops, and I think it was, they were on Nifty Gateway where you just, you you literally collected a, and bought a, you know, a music track with some art on the back, and it was, seemed so foreign at the time, but now it seems, you know, it's just like a complete no-brainer. Um, so, like, you as a fan, you know, do, do you think that you would, are leaning towards like more of a utility or do you think just, you know, even when you were younger, maybe some of the first bands that you started listening to and you were a huge fan of, like, do you think that you would have wished that there was some sort of PO app or like an NFT that went along with that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I think there's like, 
yeah i used to go to shows and like i would i would actually wait like the a lot of the bands that i would go see they would actually like record the show and then like sell the discs at the show right after the show so having something like that where now it's like it's a download and you know you just access it you know by having this po app in your wallet i think could be pretty awesome and i would have been i I don't really go to shows anymore i'm just honestly i'm pretty burnt out on music just because i have been doing it every day for the past 20 years and i'm just i i don't know my ears need to rest or something but were i still going to shows hell yeah i think that would be a pretty awesome use case yeah that's actually an incredible idea and i hadn't even really thought about that and that's probably another use case for not only music NFTs, but art NFTs are like IRL in real life purchases of music NFTs. And I'm just imagining, imagining, you know, like if you walk out of a concert, everyone's always having a blast when they walk out of a concert. If you could like right there buy the music NFT of, you know, maybe it's a live version of, a, of the concert or maybe it's like the hit new song that the artist recorded or maybe it's even an album or something like that. I could see that um, being a huge success. Oh, yeah. And I used to, you know, when I was growing up, I really liked jam bands. Like I was a, I was a big Fish fan. I was a big Humphreys McGee fan. Like I, and I liked it because each show would be unique. There would be a lot of imp, like very heavily improv, you know, improv heavy. And like people would follow these bands on tour. Like they would go on this whole tour. So having something also where like, you know, if you, you know, they could gate stuff for like, if you actually hit every single show on a tour, like you get this, you know, you, that sort of unlocks this new thing or depending on how many shows you hit, like there's just so many cool things that like that bands that are on the road that are, you know, actually have people following them could, I think that would be huge. Right. And then, you know, kind of talk about, you know, maybe how you could see or how you could imagine like lens playing into that? Do you see that more of like a top of the funny funnel marketing type deal? Or like, you know, in your opinion, kind of where do you think the future of lens is? And I know it's early, you know, we're only six or so months in, you know, and a lot of the apps are still evolving and the protocol level is still evolving as well. But like, where do you think that that could go and how do you think that that could benefit musicians? I mean, for me, you know, I'm also like, the furthest away from a social media guru that you could be. Um, But just having all of that in one place where the thing I really love about lens is like, I mean, take Twitter. Like if I want to share a video on Twitter, a it's, you know, the the quality shitty. If I want to like link to YouTube, my post gets, you know, absolutely buried. So to have the, the ability to, post in a bunch of different ways but have that show up everywhere is huge like you know having lens tube show up on lenster show up on or whatever like that that to me is like sort of the power or like where i see the real potential of lens especially as a musician and like where it's just always been really hard to share my content and and this sort of solves that problem so i guess for me it's like a content thing it's like I don't know if that's fully answering your question, but that's sort of like what, why I see myself using lens a lot in the future. You know? So do, do, maybe elaborate a little bit more on that. Do you, are you saying more so for like an organizational standpoint and that you can launch 
and you know sell directly online or that it's like you don't have to go to a bunch of different links or what did you mean yeah 100 percent. like i mean you know right now i am spread between like like 20 different social media apps and every day someone's like oh are you on this other one and i'm like please no like having a one-stop shop where that is my like that is that is my social media like i'm looking for one social media app like you know maybe two but that's that's about all i can really handle so then having yeah I would, you know being able to do everything through that would be ideal for me you know i again i don't know if that's answering your question but just centralizing and also decentralizing my social media experience would be would be preferable right yeah i think everyone could use probably a little bit more simplicity in their lives i certainly could um and one of the interesting things for anyone who doesn't understand or doesn't really know so the lens is a protocol which means that apps can build on top of it so for example in the tweet that i listed down below mentioning your song uh, one of the apps that's built on top of Lens is called Oolala, and you can stream songs that people created and published via Lens, uh, and also outside of Lens too, but you can log in with your Lens handle. And then people are creating mobile apps, people are creating YouTube clones, um, all sorts of different things. So in the future, if there's a specific music-tailored app that's great for listening, or great for launching, or great for discovering, or great for curating on, then all of those, all of your data and information will populate into that. Um, so what, are there any things that you can think of that you wish you would have known when you're first starting out on lens or any, anything that you've learned that you could share with somebody who's potentially thinking about jumping in? Yeah, I'd say like, definitely check out the different apps because they each have like a pretty specific use case yet they all interface. So like, I sort of wish I would have known about lens tube before I started posting some of the content that should have been posted on LensTube on Lenster, you know, like um, just figuring out like which, which one makes the most sense for posting what kind of content I think would be something I wish I would have sort of looked into a little bit more early on. Okay. Yeah. The LensTube is a YouTube clone. Um, are there any other apps that you've been, you know, really bullish on or that you find yourself using a lot that you've liked so far? I like lens drop. Is that it's lens drop, right? Is that although I haven't yeah. used it yet. You're, oh, ta sorry, you're talking ahead. about the you're talking about the airdrop, right? Yeah, totally. But you know, the ones I use the most are lens tube and lens turn orb. Um I th there's also like some music focused ones that are popping up. Like I saw Beats Dow has has one now that I it's called I think Stems or no, it's Stems Dow. Um, which I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around exactly what that is, but it's exciting to see music focused apps popping up that will also interface with my main social media app. Cause that's something that I've never been able to really crack the code on. So, um, I I'd say those are the ones that I'm most bullish on just because, you know, being a musician myself. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to check in more on the stem style. I don't know a whole lot about um, what they're working on, but in case people don't know, Lenser is a desktop app that you can use. It's similar to Twitter and that you navigate posts and videos and things. Um, and then Orb is one of the leading 
mobile apps that you can access the lens ecosystem on. And the interesting thing is all you see all the same content across all these apps. Like we talked about kind of this composability. And so that's one of the interesting things going on. Um, can I ask you, like, are there, are there ones that you think that I and or other people should be looking at that maybe, maybe is under the radar? Yeah, I, I think, and this, I really think this has only happened in the last, I don't know, I want to say a couple of weeks. So, a good analogy I like to use is that when DeFi first started, the first apps that were built were just essentially on-chain replicants of what was in the current financial system, right? So lending and borrowing um, and things like that. And then we had all these really interesting type apps like liquid staking derivatives. There's no such thing as a liquid staking derivative in traditional finance. Um, so all these different apps that were kind of have been built in the last year or so. Um, maybe two years, uh, I guess DeFi Summer is only two years ago. Yeah, we'll call it the last year or so. So I think Lens is starting to enter into that and in that we first had all these apps that were essentially clones, right? Lenser is a clone of Twitter for desktop. LensTube is a YouTube clone. Orb is essentially uh, a Twitter clone, if you will. And, you know, there's slight differences, but in essence, they're essentially the same thing. But now what I'm really interested in seeing about is what I think, in my opinion, and one of the best ways I like to describe decentralized social media and via lens protocol to people is that if you think about biz the business of Meta or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, all the social stack is all wrapped into one company and there's no composability. So one of the interesting sectors of that is uh, their advertising product. Right now, if you want to advertise on TikTok or LinkedIn or YouTube or Facebook, you go to business.facebook.com or whatever the link is now and you put in your credit card and you advertise to them but with lens and the interesting collect modules and composability anyone can build an app on top of that so one of the apps i'm interested in is called waves it's w-a-v-3-s and then another one that's popping up uh it's called mad finance or mad fi i can't remember what exactly they go by but the essence is instead of paying facebook and google to advertise on their social media platforms, you can directly via smart contracts pay your audience to advertise your post for you. So an example would be if I was, if I'm tomorrow, I want to be Chris Comrie, the sick new DJ, and I want to put out a song to kind of grow my following, or even if I wanted to sell the song, I could put in these apps and say, for every person that mirrors my post, which a mirror is essentially a retweet, if you will, mirrors just the specific word that we use in Lens. I could say for everyone that mirrors my post, I'll give you half a Matic or 0.1 Matic or even one Matic or 10 Matic. doesn't matter. And I can use that as an advertising vehicle. So I think it's all these evolution of apps and kind of use cases that were not possible on Web2 uh, walled ecosystems that because of the composability of Lens, it's going to be really, really interesting what kind of use cases come out in the next 12, 14, 16, 24 months. Yeah, you actually you brought up something that I totally forgot about, but one of like the main features that I was super stoked about with Lens was that mere referral fee. Like that's, that's huge. Like being able to reward your community for helping amplify your stuff. You know, like if, if someone buys through their mirror, like they get a, a fraction of the sale, I think is, is pretty genius and something that, you know, I've done. And also I've mirrored other people's posts just for that. I'm like, well, why not? I like the art. Uh, might as well see if I can get some Attic out of it, you know? Right, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that that unlocks 
uh, a completely different paradigm and that you could make a living as a curator. Um, and I think one of the best examples that I think back to it is um, like Datpiff. I think we talked about this the other time is, you know, Datpiff curated all these incredible mixtapes back in the day. And but they didn't capture any economic value other than maybe banner ads, which are a dog shit way to monetize. And but if you're a curator and you kind of build your brand and maybe you're like the top hip hop or EDM or jam band curator on the platform and you're the one that's mirroring these new up and coming artists content and you're taking a percentage of that. I mean, that's a good way to make a living uh, or even make a killing um, if you're the one who kind of builds that. So it's, it's just super interesting how you can actually and even musicians, I think, are I actually think musicians and artists are going to be the best curators because they're the one deep in the trenches and have probably the most refined palette for that. So I'm super interested and super excited for musicians in that sense. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of a win-win for both fan and, uh, and creator, which, you know, right now it, there's, you know, yeah, it's, it's just a really cool thing. I've seen that both manifold also sort of offers a similar thing with, you know, like, getting a percentage sharing links. And I, I think I'm sort of surprised I haven't seen more people sort of pushing that with Manifold, but that, that is big on Lens. And I think it will continue hopefully to be like the way that, that we sort of share each other's content. Right. And that it's super interesting too, because I think just a couple days ago, uh, Cooper Turley, who's big into the music space, just tweeted about how he's releasing a new, I forget exactly how he phrased it, but basically he'll teach you how to be a web three musician manager. And I think, you know, that musician to manager relationship is going to be drastically different in web three and probably more healthy. Um, again, I'm not very deep in the music industry, but my understanding is that musicians have been basically screwed over by labels for a very long time. And I think that's ripe to change. I sure hope so. I mean, I could see it, you know, going either way. There's, there's always ways to manipulate any system. But yeah, I, I do hope to see. I mean, I, that's sort of why I was so excited about Web three in, in general when it when this all started. Was it was about empowering creators, which have you know for so long been at the sort of bottom and and always the ones to get sort of screwed out of the money and the. Yeah, you know, it's just it's it's hard to get paid. So it's I do hope to see that continue to shift. Right, right. And then are there any particular segments or musicians or anything that going on that you're particularly excited about that you think maybe some people don't know about that you want to share? I mean, in terms of lens, um, I mean, there's a really good music community i mean talk time right there in the, in the audience and able uh those are two really great musicians that i know are on uh lens um drag on um black dave uh i mean there's 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 a bunch and it seems like you know a lot of the people that i sort of know from twitter who who i respect you know doing music stuff is is slowly migrating over there maybe not migrating but they're definitely like on there and active, you know? And I hope, I mean, I hope, I hope at some point we migrate because right now, I mean, look, Elon Musk just up the monthly fee to 1199 yet I'm getting the worst engagement I've ever gotten on Twitter after paying the monthly fee. 
I couldn't change my profile for a couple of weeks, my, my picture. It's like, this is literally the worst social media experience I've had, yet we're also using it because it's just sort of where we are. But I, I hope... I hope to get off Twitter at some point, unless he, you know, maybe he is breaking shit and he will, you know, turn it around. But right now it's just feels a little broken. So yeah. Hoping we migrate to lens or something, you know? Right. What, what do you think it would take to move people over? You know, why, why is, I guess a different way of framing that is why is everyone not already there? Like what's our bottleneck? Well, I know some people have said it, you know, because, and I've heard that this is sort of to stifle bots from just like claiming all the handles, but the fact that it's, I think a lot of people have tried to claim their handles, but couldn't because they weren't, you know, on the allow list. So I've been trying to get like as many of my friends on there as possible. But I think once that, if, and when that opens up, I would expect to see a huge sort of, you know, flock because there's definitely a lot of buzz around lens. It seems to come up a lot. A lot of people know about it. It has a good reputation. So I, th- I think that might be one of the main things in my eyes, but I could be wrong about that too. Right, right, right. Okay, well, cool. I, I think we've done a probably pretty good job of kind of explaining what's going on, you know, some of the things that you're seeing. Um, is there anything else kind of important that you want to share or you think people should know? Sorry, I'm just walking by like a big truck right now. Um, no, I mean, I, I would just say if you're, especially if you're a musician, check it out. Like, I, I think in terms of sharing content and in terms of like just engagement overall on music related content, I, I just noticed such a drastic, you know, with my what, 750 followers on Lens versus my, 7,000 followers on Twitter, like there it's the, the engagement ratio is night and day. So, and you know, it is a smaller community. Um, but I, I think that there is just a lot of potential for both sharing and monetizing, you know, your regular social media content and also your music in general. So just check it out if you, if you haven't yet. Right. And then uh, remind people where they can find you on in general. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much at wine, wine bags everywhere. Winebags.lens, uh, winebags on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Reddit. Um, I'm, I'm sort of everywhere. And I, I think I need to start paring down my, my social media right now because I'm just like overloaded with it right now. But yeah, uh, find me at Winebags. Very good. Awesome. Well, Winebags, thank you so much for your time and your knowledge and your brain blast here today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And then all the people who tuned in live, appreciate you showing out and throwing some emojis and things like that and spreading the good word. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Winebags. Until next time, we'll see you guys. Bye. Yeah, thanks, dude. See you next time.